Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 74 of the Far Beyond Metal podcast. I'm your host and guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, Johan from Candlemass discusses his first band, and I recommend the Croatian prog rock experimental band Them Moose Rush. Before all that, I welcome Richard Henshaw onto the program. Richard is one of the guitarists of the progressive metal band Haken, as well as an accomplished solo musician and member of Tomera. On June 5th, Haken will release their new album, Virus. Virus is a companion album to the recent gem, Vector. Richard came on to talk about the new album, World Travel, the band's unfortunately timed album name, Prince, and a lot more. So before we dive in with Richard, here's some of the most recent single from Haken. From Virus, this is Canary Yellow. I am indeed. I am up in uh, Northern California. How are you in your neck of the woods? Yeah, not not so bad. Uh, being stuck indoors, really. Actually, we were supposed to go to California. Um, we we're on tour, obviously, but um, I was going to go on holiday, like straight after the tour in California, and um, yeah, missed out on a two-week holiday in your neck of the woods. What was on your agenda for your California trip? So we were going to finish the, the cruise, uh, cruise to the edge, and we were going to hire a car in Phoenix, and then drive past the, um, the Grand Canyon and through Vegas, then up to California and do the whole coastal line. Oh yeah, uh, which is going to be really good. I guess you must have done that a bunch of times. Um, and then we we're going to do Sequoia National Park and Yosemite, and then Death Valley, and um, you know all of those kind of touristy things. But um, we'll have to save it for another day, I guess. I appreciate that you're touristy, but also very naturey, because Yosemite is beautiful. That's like the one thing I've done on your list. I've done the coast stuff too, but Yosemite, oh man, I I love Yosemite. Yeah, it looks amazing. Um, I've seen a bunch of like documentaries on it, and I saw uh, Free Solo. Have you seen that? Oh, climb. I know of it, yes. And then there's also Dawn Wall. It's another documentary. Um, yes, yeah, stunning really really looks amazing over there but i'll definitely do it one day one day we've actually got a flight that we uh we need to use over there so we're gonna have to use it at some point so we'll be back well i'm, I'm sure yosemite will be there when all this is cleared hopefully <laughs> uh, although apparently it's been overrun by bears so we might have to attend with more bears than normal is that true uh, i have heard that bears since there haven't been people camping there have been wandering out on the campsites more than they usually do Wow. Okay, maybe I'll um I'll leave it for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I actually live in a, a small town outside of Sacramento, and we've had a handful of bear sightings in our little college town. <laughs> so the wow. na- nature's coming back. Oh man, that must be quite scary. I guess are they are they kind of wild. Well, uh, I guess they would be wild. They are, but like they don't really know how to react to us, so they're more scared and they run off. They've been like younger bears lately, but I mean, if you get an in contact with a mama bear and her cub mama bear is going to take you out as like they're they're prone to do 
that's that's crazy stuff. We never get any any of that stuff in London. No, I mean, some dogs. That's about it. (laughs) I went to uh, London on my honeymoon, and now that you mention it, I I think that's the place we stopped that we saw the least like cats wandering around. But we kept an eye out for the neighborhood cats. Yeah, that's about the only thing you will see. Loads of dogs, obviously, but yeah, there's like very little wildlife in terms of like wild wildlife. So you said you've been in a lockdown of sorts yourself. How have you been keeping busy? So, yeah, we've been in lockdown pretty much since we had to cancel the tour that we were on with Devin Townsend. It got cut short by maybe two weeks or so. So, like, right in the middle of the tour, we got a message saying that we need to end the tour, basically, because there's been restrictions on venues in the U.S. So we came home the next day, and, yeah, it's been, like... A month and a half now it feels like in lockdown pretty much um yeah we've been restricting everything so we, we've only been going out to get essential food um but in terms of music i've been writing some new stuff um been teaching a bunch of um guitarists on skype which has been keeping me busy uh been doing some some twitch q a sessions with my um haken bandmates which has been good fun it's just been a cool way to engage and interact with the fans since we're not um, touring at the moment. And uh, I, I snooped on your Instagram a, a little bit for research. You have a son, correct? Yeah, he's been keeping me very busy. So he's obviously not at school at the moment. So me and my wife have assumed the role of the teacher as well as his friend as well because he's not seeing any friends at the moment. He's an only child. So we're having to constantly like do everything we have to play with him teach him feed him so it's quite full on but it's amazing to spend so much quality time together so we're trying to cherish the moments as much as possible and then um yeah not get too kind of knackered and tired out by the whole thing i saw a video where he was kind of let's say being very avant-garde on a piano have you uh <laughs> shown him any instruments in hopes of getting him playing yeah and i'm sitting right in that same spot now so I brought him into my studio, which is at the end of my garden. And he, um, it's like, for him, he probably thinks it's this forbidden world that he's never allowed into. But when he does come into the studio, he loves it. He goes around to all the different instruments and just strums them. And, and uh, he, took, um, he took a liking to my keyboard. And I put on a, a track I was working on. And he just started doing this free-form avant-garde jazz solo over the top of it, playing every note and every note in the wrong key which was great it was yeah amazing to see so i always have a guitar just lying around my house and uh, i have a piano in, in the main part of the house as well and he definitely he's getting the hang of it but um he's only four at the moment so he's still still kind of getting getting to grips with everything else and what does he think of like haken music or anything that you've put out on your own he generally just falls asleep. <laughs> but he's only he's only ever seen us a few times, and that's been on the cruise that I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, the cruise to the edge, and it's basically a festival on a boat. And we keep getting invited back. It's a great experience because we we get to bring our family members out, and we usually end a tour on the cruise, so we bring our family out there. And he's been three times now, so almost like every year that he's been uh, alive. But every time we start playing, apparently he just falls asleep straight away within a minute. So he's never really experienced a full show before. And uh, he enjoys listening to um, certain songs. 
in the car, which is good fun. And I actually released a solo album last year, and I got him to come into my studio, and I recorded him singing a bunch of bunch of nonsense. And uh, I used it as like part of the sound design for this this one song on the album. So every time he hears that, he says, "It's my song. It's my song." <laughs> Uh, yeah, he likes that one. The ego on this kid. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I need to tone that down a bit. Uh, I was actually supposed to be at the last show on the Townsend run. Um, how was that tour overall for you guys? Because like, when San Francisco was canceled, my heart broke, I have to admit. Yeah, it's a massive shame because it was such a great tour to be on. We'd uh, toured with him in Europe as well, and he's an amazing, amazing musician an inspiring guy to be around. Uh, I've been listening to this stuff for years, so it's a big, big deal for us to be able to open for him. Um, and the tour itself was going really well. We are playing in some really cool venues and to great numbers as well. I feel like, from what I remember, like every show was sold out up to that point, maybe apart from one, which was well attended. So the, the tour was going really well, so it's a massive shame that we didn't get to finish it. Um, especially coming to California because I love San Francisco. That was like probably my favorite show from the, the last Haken um, tour we did. I can't remember the name of the venue. But uh, it was, just... it was uh, August Hall. You played with Leprous. It was amazing. Yes. yes, it was like a theater, big circular theater. Um, that venue was incredible. It was a really, really memorable show. So, yeah, I always love coming to San Francisco. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll be back at some point. I don't see it happening this year if I'm entirely honest I just can't imagine that many even if the governments allow it can't imagine that many people are going to want to put themselves in that environment oh yeah I, I totally get that and uh you know I just got a bunch of emails about shows I was going to being postponed or canceled so I think 2020 is just going to be a quiet year um yeah so uh Touring with Devin Townsend, you see a bunch of his fans. Uh, my show is called, called Far Beyond Metal. It's named after a strapping young lad song. We're a very unique shape of dork. Uh, was this the most puppets and stuffed animals that you've ever seen on a tour? It was incredible. It was incredible because he, he stripped down the show. In, in Europe, he had like a massive production. He had a whole lorry full of full of gear. It was incredible to see. He had like all the like the life-size Zeltoid um puppets and a whole bunch of stuff he had like a, a burger like a two by two meter burger in the foyer <laughs> show which is i've never seen anything like it but the commitment to the whole production was amazing but when he went to the us he stripped it down and went for a more kind of standard rock outfit and um yeah he asked people to bring cuddly toys to the shows and yeah each show that we played more and more of these toys um got brought along and it just by the end of it the whole stage was just covered in these cuddly toys it was a very um creative way of creating a stage set a very um yeah financially viable as well because it doesn't cost anything to do that um but yeah it's amazing to see it's just he's full of these crazy wacky ideas which is it's always fun to be around I mean, what's more metal than a bunch of? I think there's probably a stuffed poop knowing him, knowing him and his crew. Um, so on on that same tour, you had some like one off shows where you guys were headlining, and the flyer for that was, featured a transformer. Are you a fan of the franchise or any of the cartoons or offshoots or anything? Yeah, I mean, I, I love the, the the cartoon. 
back in the day, and especially the music in that was uh, by a guy called Frank um, Frank Dimiola, and it was incredible, like really progressive synth-based um, out there music, and that was um, a kind of source of inspiration actually for our album Affinity, and we we were basically playing that whole album in its entirety on those shows for those four shows and we'd never really done that as far as I'm aware I don't think we've ever played in fact we've definitely never played the whole album because there's a couple of songs we've never ever played before so we uh, so we decided to go with that whole concept of the Transformers theme um, and yeah those shows are cool but we only got to do two of the shows in the end so there's a lot of prep that went into it to like get this whole album down on top of the Devin set it's a shame that we didn't get to fulfill all four shows and at what point into uh, the new album, Virus, did you guys realize that you were making a companion piece to Vector, or was that already in the plans? We always knew. So as we were writing Vector, we knew it was going to be part of a double album, and we even had the title mapped out right at the beginning of the whole writing process. Um, so yeah, as we were writing Vector, we had certain ideas that we decided to leave for Virus because we, we wanted them to have more space and time to develop into what they needed to develop into. Um, an example of that would be the Messiah Complex at the end of Virus, which is our longest song on both albums. And it's probably the most technical and most like deeply rhythmic song we've ever written, to be honest. I mean, it's got some of the trickiest riffs that we've ever come up with, and it's going to be almost impossible to play it live. So <laughs> that should be interesting. But it's um, that song was one of the first ones we started working on. And it was actually Ray, our drummer, who penned down the initial ideas for that one, which we later developed. Um, but yeah, so that was like over, well, maybe not over two years ago, but around about two years ago, we started working on that and we've been just developing it, um, yeah, over the two-year period. And uh, Haken or no stranger to long songs, but I got a promo version of the new album and I saw Messiah Complex, which is super rad, by the way, was cut up into five pieces. Why did you guys decide to split it rather than have a, a lengthy track? Well, thanks. I'm glad you dig it. It's um, We never knew because we were just going in circles for so long with this song. We got to the point where we were, were unable to gauge whether it was any good anymore because we've been listening to it so much. But um, that song for me is like a summary of both albums it kind of concludes a lot of the themes and it also calls back to a lot of the melodic uh, and conceptual ideas across both albums so um, it ended up being very I wouldn't say disjointed but it has lots of different moods and colors and flows through different ideas so when we we're listening back we um, we thought maybe it would make more sense to just break it down into more digestible chunks to really clearly outline these different moods and colors within the song. And in, I believe it's in that suite of songs, um, there's a little reference to the Cockroach King. Um, why do you think the band and fans have become so attached to that idea? Yeah, well, the whole concept of these uh, both albums is like a, it's like a backstory, really, as a protagonist in this one song. And it just follows that whole concept and theme throughout both albums and just expands upon it. But um, yeah, I've, I've been thinking about this a bit recently, actually. I think it's because that song was most probably the first song that a lot of people heard from us. And it was 
on the album, which was arguably our like breakthrough album, I guess you'll call it that, but we haven't really broken through anything, to be honest. We're not playing arenas or anything. But it was the album that most people heard from us for the first time. And it was the album that we first released with Inside Out Records. So we were suddenly pushed into a whole bunch of new markets. And um, we really expanded the band at that point and really built a lot of momentum. So that song was the standout track for most people because it was, I guess fairly different to most of the other songs had a different tone it was quite quirky and tongue-in-cheek by nature and it also had a really quirky comical video with it we we based it around kind of being bohemian rhapsody but with like muppets so it's a real (laughs) really weird contrast of like the muppets with these like jazzy kind of heavy riffs and yeah the whole thing it was a weird concoction of ideas but um yeah, so a lot of people latched onto it. Then I, I imagine that a lot of people don't like it. So it's a love or hate thing, but I think uh, it's a fan favorite. And we've been playing it like literally at every show since we released it. And it's been like seven years now. So it's, uh, it always goes down well, and it's always like great fun to play. A disciple of the cockroach I was hopelessly Choking on the roach of fallacy Thankfully When the mirage finally melted The impurity of the cockroach was revealed to me That of course was a bit of the cockroach king from Haken's The Mountain. I'll have more with Richard Henshaw shortly, but first this is my first band. Every musician has to start somewhere, and in this episode, Johan Lankvist from Candlemass discusses his heavy origins. <laughs> I think the very first band, I think we called it uh, Cobra, you know, the snake Cobra. And Cobra. then we, yeah, and we were playing covers, you know, Thin Lissy, and, you know, when you're starting to learn an instrument and things like that. And then later on, we changed it to Bombastic. And then we changed a couple of band members and it ended up in a band called Jonah Quiz. I don't know if you've heard about that. A little bit, yes. Yeah. Uh, and then we, our ambition was to play heavy metal, and we did. But we, the lyrics were on Swedish and uh, that was pretty odd at that time but uh, yeah we did pretty well but uh, unfortunately uh, we were about to have a contract with a big record company but it ended up that the part they had in Sweden was shut down exactly the week before we were going over there to write the write the contract with them. Wow. But that's the way things happen sometimes in music, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you're lucky and sometimes you're not. And the guy that uh, we had contact with, he was very sorry about that, but there was nothing that he could do about it. <laughs> Did uh, Cobra or Bombastic get to play any shows, or is it strictly like Friends in a Garage? 
uh, yeah, we played around Stockholm, just, uh, you know, in the suburbs or all around Stockholm and, and some clubs uh, in Stockholm City. And, uh, yeah, I actually had another band with, that we called Paravision with one of the guys from Jonah Quiz when Jonah Quiz split up. And we actually won... Uh, a competition in Stockholm, but I don't know the year, but it was kind of, um, uh, it was a competition called the Rock Open, and there were bands all over Stockholm, and that's the closest thing to, to be famous uh, that we had with that band, but then in the end, the other guy, he went to Australia and he didn't come back till 12 years later. So uh, I learned how to record my own songs myself. And that's what about, that's what I've been doing ever since that. Pendulum by Candlemass is out now. Pick up a copy over at candlemass.se. And now before I wrap my chat with Richard from Haken, here are some of Prosthetic from the upcoming album Virus. I don't As of today, there's a new single from Virus that came out called Canary Yellow. Uh, there, a blurb about it uh, cites Peter Gabriel as one of the influences. What songs or what era specifically were in mind with uh, Peter Gabriel? Because I love Peter Gabriel. CK, I'm the wrong person to ask about that influence. Sounds fine. <laughs> Okie doke. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a fan of his stuff, but I mean, when it comes to names, I'm like notoriously bad. But uh, for me, the song, uh, I drew a lot of inspiration from the Radiohead and Elbow. They, for me, when I was growing up, they were like my probably my two favorite bands. And uh, in this song, especially, there's I can really feel that energy in the music, um, especially the OK Computer era from from Radiohead. That, that is definitely there as well. I yeah, I, I mean, I'm a massive fan of uh, Radiohead. Ross and I are a singer in Haken. We actually used to be in a band when we were in school together when we were like 14 and we used to play Radiohead covers and um, that's really rubbed off on us, I feel, as writers. And Elbow, I don't know if you're familiar with Elbow, have you I, heard of them? I am not, no. It's, I feel it's a name I've heard in passing but I've not pursued them. They're not really that huge, I don't think, over in the US. I feel that in the UK, maybe in Europe, there's more of a scene for that kind of stuff. But um, if you like Peter Gabriel, I feel that there's a lot of parallels with their sound. Um, but they're essentially an indie indie 
rock band, very, very mellow, but they, uh, they have really interesting ideas when it comes to writing. Cool. Writing it down now. Elbow. Um, My favorite album is uh, Asleep in the Back. Okay. The it's a really, really cool album. It's one, I think it's their first album far as i'm aware but it's it's always been my favorite it's uh, incredible really good very cool thanks i uh, i love recommendations um here's something you're probably going to be sick of if not already sick of was there any talk about changing the name of the album because of the current times yeah it's like the worst possible timing for us i mean the fact that we've never ever lived through a pandemic well i haven't at least to this uh, magnitude then the fact that we're releasing an album at the same name virus it's just like the worst possible coincidence but uh we had this title like in mind for two years and we had it all mapped out and we've been hinting at it in the lyrics of vector and also in the booklet as well and then we we got to the point where now we had the artwork in place and we had the the masters ready we, we filmed a video and it was all based around this this idea of the virus so by that point we just felt it would have been a massive curveball to, to change the name so we had to just go with it and um yeah just hope that people understand that the two things are very separate we obviously have no intention of trying to capitalize on on anyone's misfortune it's just very bad timing when i saw the press release for the album my my first thought was oh, oh no these guys i know i, know. I imagine most people are going to well, not most people but a lot of people who don't really research the story behind it are going to think, oh, what a bunch of bastards. That's just not cool, man. <laughs> but um, it's a very separate thing. It was just, um, there was a metaphor really about um, kind of negative flaws in society. But um, yeah, it's just very unfortunate timing. I mean, the songs, the album's really cool. Hopefully that transcends the awkwardness of it. But uh, <laughs> so to change gears a little bit, when I was doing some research for this, I came across something I thought was kind of funny that uh, you're the only member of Haken with your own Wikipedia page. Do you ever lure that over the other guys? No, I've never mentioned that. And I don't know why, because I've, I guess, um, I, I don't know, someone must have set it up during the early days of, of Haken, because back in the day, I used to do a lot of the, um, the writing for the band. So maybe someone latched onto that. And, and created it for me and it's just been there ever since like the the first albums it's been there for 10 years or so and um yeah maybe i should i should use that <laughs> but it's to boast about i just never never got around to doing it and, and that said wikipedia page is like a long list of projects you've worked on and then a longer list of influences but the one i despite having a metal show i want any excuse i can to talk to people about prince and he was on the list um, do you remember the first time you heard Prince and like how much do you channel the purple one whenever you're writing or have you in the past or anything? I think he's a massive inspiration. He, um, he just definitely always fought outside the box and is hugely talented when it came to everything he did. So he was massively proficient on a whole bunch of instruments. And then obviously one of the greatest singers of all time. I actually got to see him play live before obviously before he passed away but um he played like 21 shows at the o2 arena oh you were at one like, of those shows I'm, yeah, super, was, I'm super jealous it was insane it was like unbelievable to think that he could sell out that many tickets and there's like yeah like 21 shows or something something 
completely incredible. And yeah, that was an amazing, amazing gig to be at. And that was the only time I've seen him. Um, yeah. I, legend. I saw him one time in Oakland at this kind of like good sized theater, but not huge. And it was during his like sort of bluesy phase before the piano stuff at the end. And he did like the stoner version of Let's Go Crazy. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. But uh, he's so, so, so talented. Uh, yeah, always a source of inspiration. Uh, again, on your Wikipedia page, there's a long list of instruments that you play or, or to some degree. Is there anything that you've tried to pick up that you just can't like wrap your head around? Uh, I tried to play the uh, the violin once, and I um, I loved the idea of it because I loved uh, like bluegrass stuff and Dixieland jazz. And I thought it'd be cool to try and learn it and incorporate it into the Haken stuff. But um, yeah, it, it required maybe another level of uh, dedication. I just wasn't or didn't have the time to do at that point. But uh, I feel with that instrument, you need to get to a point where it actually starts to sound good. And that takes about two years to get to that point. And yeah, that's like torture for two years because it sounds terrible if you don't know what you're doing. So yeah, that that'll be the instrument. Plus, there's a whole bunch of instruments I can't play. I used to play clarinet and saxophone for a bit, but um, I haven't really pursued it to any great level. Same with drums. I, I had lessons on the drums when I was younger. I could still sit at a kit and play, but not to any great level anymore. So, like my main instruments would be piano and guitar nowadays. Of course. Uh, while you've been at home, you mentioned that you've been recording. Is this stuff for like follow up to the cocoon? Yeah, I've actually um, so I've got a follow up to the cocoon in mind. So when I was writing that album, I had I ended up writing like way too much stuff, and I decided to just really focus on half of it and release that as the first album. And I've got a bunch of songs that I need to really refine and finalize, and that that'll be the follow up. Very cool. But, but in the meantime, I've got this other project I've been working on. It's um, it's going to be with my wife. She's she's an artist. She actually did the artwork for the cocoon. But she was um, planning an exhibition about um, about how trees communicate with each other under underground. It's really interesting. They have these these roots which create this crazy kind of network under the ground, and they feed each other nutrients and they warn each other of like viruses and stuff coming through the networks. I found that really fascinating. She's actually going to do an exhibition based on this whole concept. So I thought it'd be cool to, to write a bunch of music to go along with the exhibition. So I've been working on that over the last few months. And hopefully, if I can still remain productive, I'll maybe get it out towards the end of this year. Very cool. All right. Well, uh, thank you for being on my, my podcast today. I, I do enjoy the new album a lot. And uh, when you guys can come back, I will happily be there because, like I said, I saw you at the August Hall and it was a great show and I'd happily do it again. Thank you so much. And yeah, can't wait to, to get back over there at some point. Who knows when it's going to be. But um, yeah, hopefully see you at the show. All right. Thanks, man. You have a good rest Thanks. of your day. You too. Take it easy. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Bye.
Virus by Haken will be released on June 5th. You can pre-order a copy now over at HakenMusic.com and keep up with the band at Facebook.com slash HakenOfficial. To end this episode, I am recommending a recent favorite of mine. They are a trio from Croatia called Them Moose Rush. Their sound is an eclectic one that sometimes sounds like Desterage, sometimes it sounds like Primus, other times Mr. Bungle, and a lot more thrown in because they're just a wild, wild band. On June 19th, they are releasing their new album, Dancing Maze. From Dancing Maze, here is Jerry's bacon-flavored vegan portion in its entirety. Dancing Maze by Them Moose Rush will be released on June 19th. Pre-order a copy now at themmooserush.bandcamp.com and keep up with them at facebook.com slash themmooserush. And just as an added plug for them, check out their recent album Don't Pick Your Noise. It is fucking wonderful chaos in album form. That will do it for this episode. If you'd like to speak with me, head to farbeyondmetalpodcast.com. If you're in a band, you can contact me there if you want to be on the show as a recommendation or facebook.com slash farbeyondmetal, twitter underscore farbeyondmetal, instagram farbeyondmetalpod. And the theme song is Far Beyond Metal by the band Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Centrometer Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening.
Box Production.